I have noticed that history is way more cyclical than it is linear, especially when it comes to how we as a people interact with God. We keep seeing the same things happen over and over again. On this episode, I have Lou on the podcast as we continue the series on Mormon fundamentalism in Europe. Lou is a Mormon fundamentalist who lives in the United Kingdom. I had two takeaways from this episode. First, I think just like what happened in the early days of the Restoration, God is inspiring a people in Europe to wake up to the fullness of the gospel, which I think could lead to another wave of Mormons from overseas coming to the United States. Second, when I hear everything Lou is doing, I realize what a slouch I was at his age. Stick around for a fascinating conversation with an inspired young man on this episode of the Mormon Renegade Podcast. Can't get enough of the Mormon Renegade Podcast? Well, good news. We're on Patreon, and there's three packages that you can choose from. The first one, the Slightly Rowdy Package, allows you to hear the podcast without all those pesky commercials getting in the way. For those who want a slightly more in-depth experience, there's the Stirring It Up Package, where you can hear ad-free audio, ad-free video, and transcripts. Finally, for those who want to go full Renegade, that package is available too, where you can get everything in the previous two packages, plus an extra show where myself and Ben Winfield break down the news of the day from a very Mormon point of view. You will also get exclusive access to Renegade Chat, and on there you'll be able to talk to others about the show or whatever topics are on your mind. Go to Patreon today and get your exclusive content. You're listening to the Mormon Renegade Podcast. Woo, what's going on? I'm great. Uh, what's about you? Oh, doing fine. Doing good. How's uh, how's school been? You're out now, right? Yeah, I'm out. I'm basically working around the house, uh, like my job, studying the gospel. Nice. nice. As much as I can now. Yeah, as we talk, you're always busy. That's impressive. When I was when I was your age and and you're 18, and I want to point that out because that's impressive. Trust me, I had no desires to do the things you're doing. So that's that's great on you. So um real quick, what part of uh the UK do you live in again? So I live in southeast England. Okay. So that I live like an hour away from London. Okay. 20 minutes away from Oxford. Gotcha. Would that be considered the countryside? Yeah, roughly in the countryside, yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Like I'm more like on the outskirts. Okay. All right. So so real quick for for anyone who doesn't know you, you weren't born in the LDS church, right? You you were a convert to the LDS. No, I wasn't. Yeah, so I converted when I'd say when I was around 10 years old, I gained a testimony of the Book of Mormon. But my dad's music. Yeah, yeah, at 10. Yeah, but basically the missionaries visited my dad. And my dad didn't convert, but he ordered a Book of Mormon and had a high opinion of Mormons because we actually believe the Bible. And we believe what we practice, what we preach. All right. So he, yeah, he, uh, so, and one day 
uh, yeah, when I was 10 years old, I get interested. And my dad gives me the Book of Mormon. And I have a, you know, I've, Motan said now that was the Holy Spirit saying to me, you know, this is true, Joseph Smith's a true prophet. Throughout my years since then, even though I've kind of looked into other denominations, I always maintained a testimony of the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith. When it came to my 16th birthday, uh, I was thinking about actually becoming becoming a Catholic priest. But I kind of, you know, said to myself, I believe the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith. Let's, you know, how about I learn about that first? Mm-hmm. So I get in contact with missionaries of the LDS Church. And then, long story short, a year later, I'm baptized. Okay, so real quick, I want to back up. At 10 years old, you're like, let's read this book from this guy in America who said he saw angels. I mean... Yeah. Did that freak your parents out at all? I don't think so. Uh, so my dad's an independent Christian, and what I mean is he's he's a Christian, but he doesn't go to a church. Okay. Uh, but you know, please, yeah. And my my mom's an atheist, and you know, I'm ten years old. Mom probably thought it was a phase, <laughs> or something. My dad, my dad has always been supported, supportive of Mormonism, even though he doesn't adhere to it. When I started getting involved, it freaks my mum out a bit, but then she was all right with it in the end. My dad's always uh, supportive of it. Okay, so so real quick here, when you, when you start reading the Book of Mormon, I mean, did you pray to know it was true, or were you just receiving? kind of a witness you probably didn't understand it at that point but was it kind of a witness or do you remember like a specific interest instance where you were like holy cow this is true like when i when i touched in fact i have do i have it right here yeah i do uh let me just get it so is this uh is this one actually for those who are watching this is the one that i Yes, as I held in my hands, I felt this. I just knew it was true. It's just instantly, wow, this is, uh, you know, I felt a fear. I felt a feeling in my bosom, as they say. Uh, and yet, and also, I remember looking at the pages, seeing, you know, I remember seeing Joseph Smith, and I was like, you know, this, this man's a true man. You know, and reading his testimony as well, you know, trying to seek in God, uh, want, you know, praying to know is something I related to quite a bit throughout all my life. As well, the LDS pamphlets actually helps me pray. I, I learned how to pray from, from it, actually. Okay. All right. So so you get a testimony, and, and I mean, that's cool. That's That's like early Pioneer Day kind of stuff right where you just hold it and you 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 have this feeling that that this book is true and if this book is true then joseph smith is a prophet i mean that's that's straight up old school stuff there which i find absolutely fascinating so you said at 16 you joined the lds church well it's more well that's when i started getting involved 17 was when i uh joined the reason why i took a year was my mom didn't allow me to get baptized and I needed mm-hmm. both parents' permission to get baptized, which 
I think at the time, I can't kind of was like, why, you know, why can't I? And I reflect on it. I think if I got baptized straight away, I wouldn't have learned as much as I have learned because mm-hmm. I had nothing else to do but talk to missionaries. We got we got into deep doctrines. Okay. So and just with other members of the church online or in person, I managed to get into deeper doctrines to have a greater understanding. I got to read the book, entirety of the Book of Mormon in yeah, it took around a year. Because okay. I was doing I was doing my GCSEs at the time, which is a big exam in England. So yeah, seventeen I joined, I was baptized. So that year that your mom made you wait, that sounds almost like it became a blessing to you. Because it 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 feels like it, it kind of made you hungrier for the gospel, right? Because hundred percent, yeah. You you had to wait, you had to study. Because there's nothing else for you to do, right? I mean, if you can't partake of the ordinances, you uh, you then become, I guess you really have time to do your research because there's nothing else for you to do, which, you know, good on your mom, right? I, I think, you know, some people, you know, might be like, well, that's too bad he couldn't get baptized when he was younger. But I, I, I don't know. I think that's good for your mom. I think she... I think she was looking out for you for sure. And and it sounds like that year was was a pretty big blessing in your life and, and in your in your discipleship. Yeah, exactly. I think you know how how the media presents more like the LDS churches, you know, not necessarily some media does say it's a cult. Some some just say, oh, they're just like might you know brainwash people, which they're not, by the way. Uh so obviously, and as well, that we Mormons are kind of lumped in with people like Jehovah's Witnesses, who I do have respect for, but obviously, this you know, already being worried about you know Jehovah's Witnesses and kind of other you know churches. The other thing is like taking money, which no more, no more, whether they're fundamentalists or mainstreamers. I've never been asked to give tithing actually, except in the interviews uh as in you know do you, uh, when, I, when i've been in interviews i've not had a job so i couldn't pay it anyway and i have a job now but they're not after my money so i think just clearing stuff like that up and kind of showing my mom oh this is mormonism you know we aren't we are we are a peculiar people i guess but we're not you know they're not trying to take me away from you in fact i'm trying we're trying to get they're making us get closer right no i could see that so you have that whole year to study in between the time you want to get baptized and the time you can get baptized is that where you start like coming upon old mormon teachings or was that later after you were baptized so it's it's kind of I think when you do any research into Mormonism, you, you you inevitably reach these old doctrines. And the first one was Adam God. I remember watching the Godmakers video when I was <laughs> band Mormon cartoon when I was younger, like 12, 12 years old. And I kind of thought to myself at the time, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I look at it again and I watched some, I think it was like Saints Unscripted. I did a video on it and did a video on Adam God. So I watched them kind of like, okay, 
So now, now I know the you know they don't believe in animal gods, and I know this and that. So for a while, it's brushed under the rug. But later on in my studies, I kind of think to myself, you know, at, you know Brigham Young, this was about the nature of God. He wouldn't have said this unless there was at least a biblical reference to it, or like mm-hmm. scriptural reference. So I get quite, you know, after I'm baptized, I get very, very crazy about looking for like references in the Bible and like the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants. So, and I have a friend, I won't say his name, and he's serving a mission right now. He's not a fundamentalist, but he knew a, he knew someone who works with uh, former, you know, he, they worked with the FLDS people, you know, who were recovering from trauma. So just before his mission, we were thinking about having a conversation with the FLDS for me to discuss the Adam God's doctrine. But he leaves for his mission, so nothing happens. And yeah, I find I find the branch actually through a friend because he'll show me these pamphlets of you know, and I see you know God's our Father, introduction to Adam God doctrine. So ask him who they are, and I know you know literally straight away I get in contact to discuss Adam God. And missionaries from the branch just give you know they give me the references to it in the Bible which I'm satisfied by. And I guess that launches me into the wider fundamental, Mormon fundamentalism. So was there a moment where you, as you're studying all this stuff, right, you're studying the old doctrines within, within mm-hmm. the Mormonism. Was there ever a moment you were like, Oh crap, I I'm a fundamentalist. I think so. The early the early part of me reading about Adam God's is kind of like that. It was kind of a denial. I remember reading a man's testimony on it, saying that in my heart I knew it was true. But I kind of thought to myself, "Yeah, this this must be true," but I thought, "Ah, oh, what? Well, you know, this this must be rubbish." Kind of, I I can't fall into this. And I think it, it was definitely a gradual process. But yeah, later on, like. December time last year was probably when I thought to myself, I'm, I might be a fundamentalist. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember very distinctly when I came to that conclusion myself and uh, it, it, it was a bit jarring, right? Where all of a sudden you're just like, and especially from a converse point of view, and I can really identify with you in, in that it's one thing to go after Mormonism as it is today. Right. And and it's kind of a Mormonism light, right? Where you get some really cool teachings without some of the deeper doctrine. <clears throat> and so that can seem flat crazy enough. But then you start get diving into these old doctrines. And as they start, as you start developing a testimony of them, and then as you start kind of wrapping your mind around it, um, it's both exhilarating because all of a sudden you're like, oh man, there's all this truth out here. I haven't yet even begun to touch, to think about, to ponder. But at the same time, it's jarring because you're like, okay, now what are the ramifications of this if it's all true? Did did you ever find there was a point at which you tried to like um do some mental gymnastics to make it all work for you? You know what I mean? Where where you can look yeah, like, like look at the LDS church and go, well, they're 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 not 
an apostasy, but uh, I, you know, I, I definitely kind of believe these more old school teachings. Was there any of that where, where that cognitive dissonance, where you're trying to, to make it all work for yourself? Cause this so is a hell, this is a hell of a place for you to be as a very young man. Right. I mean, I, I think it shows a lot of spiritual maturity on your part, but it's still got to be tough. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think my mental gymnastics, I guess you could describe it as started off with, for me, it all starts with Adam Gods because I'm very, you know, throughout all my life, I've wanted to, you know, I want to be with God. So I want to know who he is. I think at first, you know, I can't, you know, the mainstream view, which is, oh, it's taught by Brigham, Brigham Young. It might have been an opinion. He might have just been saying that just because he's thinking like of cool theories. So that's that's a mention gymnastics I've done, but as you know, as I it's not just him who said it, by the way, it was you know, John Taylor, Wilfred Woodruff, even Joseph F. Smith all taught it. It was in the it was in the endowment, which is another thing that changed. So I think as as it hit as it hit me, I you know, I can't I couldn't really do mental gymnastics in a sense of if I believe in this like fully, then you know, something must be wrong. Maybe not in a posse, maybe out of order. But, what, you know, but, uh, yeah, I kind of, kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, this, this is all true. I can't, I literally cannot deny it. Uh, I will, if, if someone has, like, a new testimony, like, is, like, new into this, I'm not going to, like, tell them all this straight away. Because in you know, in case it damages their testimony, because these are deeper doctrines which really need to be taught carefully sometimes. But you know, if someone wants my honest opinion, I'll give it to them. So, as you were learning some of these older doctrines, did you ever take them like to the bishop or the stake president or anything like that? So, I, I knew I knew what the response would be. That's the thing. And it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just, it, it, on their part. It's more, I'll be wasting my time I'd be, and I'll be wasting their time as well. Because, you know, the, the response would be, you know, this was an old doctrine. I did, I did talk about it to my bishop once. And he, he gave an interesting opinion, but yeah, it was basically along the lines of, you know, this was an old doctrine, it's not here anymore. You know, the, the endowment changed in order to understand God better. Mm. And uh, like I said, you know, I I knew, I I know what the response would be, which would be along those lines. So I kind of thought to myself, you know, there's not really a point taking this. Gotcha. To really, you know, to ask about this because it's not. I will ask people about it for their opinion, for their honest opinions, but you know, I. I need, I need honest opinions. There's, I need like two sides of the story. Right. Because I think how Mormon fundamentalism is, is presented as well is, you know, these people just blindly follow Brigham Young, basically. When really that's not the case. Right. You know, there's two sides to every story. Right. So did were you able to talk to anybody about this before you bumped into other fundamentalists? I mean... With, as you're going through this process, are you kind of going through this alone? Yeah, for yeah, 
to be completely honest, yeah, I was going through it alone. I was very, I wouldn't say afraid, but I was very cautious because I didn't want to be, I don't want, I didn't want to be excommunicated. Uh, no one does. Uh, for just state, for stating beliefs like Adam God, even though polygamy isn't my main focus, yeah, like I believe, but you know, I do believe plural marriage is an eternal law. If I stated that in a testimony meeting, I'd at least get a talking from the state president. Oh, yeah, uh, so yeah, so yeah, for you know, before I bumped into other fundamentalists, yeah, I was going through it alone. Because I, I think before then I didn't I did not have it explained to me properly at all. So I think finding other fundamentalists was a blessing as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, here's what I can tell you from my own experience, because I kind of had to do the same thing when I was go you know learning about these doctrines, where I had to do it kind of by myself, right? Um there's blessings there to be had because it feels like you're alone, but in all actuality, it's you and God, right? You guys are working this out together. And so you, you had to rely on, on revelation alone to come to the knowledge of these things. And that's going to serve you very well down the road. I just, I, I feel that. So you, you kind of are, a, a fundamentalist at heart right you can't really talk to anybody that you know of about these doctrines did you ever try taking it to your dad since he was like a in you know an uninterested third party i kind of did but as well i didn't want to damage the reputation of mainstream mormons mm. so that's something i'm very mindful of even even though i come to you know i'm i am a fundamentalist at heart I think yeah, these teachings need to be taught. I don't want to, I don't have anything against the mainstream church. I don't want necessarily people, when they think of like missionaries and name tags, to think. Is that I think from a Christian, you know, from a Nishine Christian perspective, Adam, God, all these other things are seen as like horrible things. Uh, and I don't want people, people thinking about Mormonism in general like that. So I didn't really take it to my, I didn't really take, I took it to my cousin. He's younger than me. And we just talk, we talked about things. So, but the response was really, oh, that's interesting. Well, that's good that there was at at the time. Because again, you guys are better than I am. If someone would have came to me when I was that age and said, what do you think about this? I'd have been like, you need to stop doing drugs. But that's (laughs) just me. Um, so so good on you and your cousin so you you start to feel these you start to feel it right the truthfulness of these doctrines where does that lead you to next i mean what 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 do you do in response to that what do you do with it because it's one thing to know it and then it's another thing to start taking action because you know about these things so what do you do next i really that's the thing i'm also still kind of considering what I, what I did do afterwards was kind of just talk about it to anyone I trusted. For example, my cousin, my cousin, you know, I can't say, you know, oh, the Bible literally says Jesus is the son of Adam, which, you know, son of man means son of Adam. And I think logically it takes you to a conclusion. 
Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, so just in general, having conversations with fundamentalists, and as well, um, you know, I've uh, big uh, recently I've been blocked by exams for doing much actually, but because I'm finished them, I'm actually trying to write books about not just the Adam God doctrine because there's many there's many books on it. But in general, for, you know, Mormon fundamentalism, you know, trying to write books on it. That, that's my next step right now. Wow. So you're 18 and you want to write a book about fundamentalism. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, am, I was such a bum when I was 18. Holy cow. <laughs> um. So what what was it like the first time you started reaching out to fundamentalists? Because that's another step, right? That's kind of a milestone. Because now you're 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 taking it from kind of a purely and I'm not saying that you didn't believe it because you absolutely did or you wouldn't have taken that step. But it goes from somewhat academic to like, okay, now we're going to start talking to people about this, people who who understand this. What was that like for you? Well, interesting. I think I think when when you hear Mormon fundamentalists, you think of the FLDS or like cults. So, yeah, I was thinking, what am I getting myself involved with? Right. You know, but I think you know very very quickly I knew who I was talking to as well. I talked to the Adam Gosmian page on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, and that you know whoever runs it. Uh, yeah, he said. I actually asked him about Joseph Smith being the Holy Ghost, and he sent me a lot of stuff on it. But you know, obviously, that wasn't really like a proper conversation. It's just a few messages and messenger. Mm-hmm. So, really, yeah, my first, you know, first fundamentalists I've been talking, you know, I talked to were you know, from the branch, and very, very quickly, you know, I felt I felt the spirits of you know they they are you know they are telling the truth about this. Uh, for, for for a bit, I kind of took a break from talking because I thought to myself, "What am you know, what am I getting myself involved with?" Because I think you know, I think you know, in, in the main in the mainstream perspective, if you're getting involved with fundamentalists at all, you're like not necessarily an apostate, but you're fallen almost. Not in like not in the sense of like you're going to hell or something, but it's kind of very it's kind of dodgy, right? I'd say it's kind of like you know, I might get a talking from the bishop or from the stake president. What what am I doing? So I kind of thought to myself, maybe maybe I shouldn't really talk to them as much. But I felt this, you know, I felt not only felt the spirit, but I heard the spirit kind of say, you know, you need to talk to them, you need to actually grasp these principles so i got yeah i talked to not only the branch missionaries but but uh fundamentalists in the uk then you uh kevin krauts jacob uh verdine verdine yeah who i've talked to recently uh and, and many more fundamentalists yeah no jacob's a good man i'm glad you got a hold of him um so you talked about kind of taking a break for a minute when you you know after you first started talking to fundamentalists what was that like what was your thought process during that time were you just digesting 
were you questioning some more things? I mean, what, what, what was happening in that space of time where you just kind of took a break? I think, yeah, I was questioning things. I was just, I think in general, I was kind of asking myself, is, is this, what is this doing to you towards my uh, relationship with Jesus Christ? What's it doing with my relationship with Heavenly Father? And, you know, I was kind of, yeah, I was thinking, it, what is it doing to my life in general? So I had to, I had to, t- I had to take a break, digest some things, think about, oh, right, you know, what am I going to do next? Do I carry on? Do I just leave it as it is? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, eventually the Spirit told as well. The other thing is I was working at the time, and I felt extremely tired from working. Uh, so as well, I can't put, sometimes I'll just put off some, just anything really. So, but yeah, eventually I I came to the conclusion through, you know, through the Spirit uh, talking, you know, speaking to me and through, you know, the feeling, the feeling of the bosom, or the, yeah, however you say it. No, don't don't feeling in the heart. It's, it's like two thirty a.m. where you're at. I'll cut you some slack. Yeah, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so no, but I get. Yeah, what, uh, I get what you're saying there. So, but again, it sounds like that space of time really kind of did justice for you, right? It kind of really helped you out. Yeah, and being able to to process that through, and and what I like to point out is that I think you're setting a good pattern too, right? I, I think you're actually doing some things that um, I would certainly encourage people to to think about, right? I mean, if you're not 100% sold on Mormonism in general, don't jump. I mean, Mormonism is so vastly different than a lot of other religions, right? Because it's going to ask something of you. God is going to ask something of you. And if you jump in before you're ready— um, that can that can lead to some disaster. So I think for even people who've been Mormon all their lives, you know, even in the LDS church or whatever, and they start discovering these old these old doctrines and they start wrestling with them and start trying to digest them. I think you you set a uh, kind of a good example there, Lou, in the sense that you're like, OK, let's let's not just jump on this. Let's take some time to digest this. Um so I, I I I commend you. I think you handled it just the right way. Thank you. Yeah, I think as well. The reason why I looked into this more was obviously I was thinking of serving a mission, which is a good decision for some. But I was thinking that you know, I I I need to study these deeper doctrines. And in the end, as well, you know, as I kind kind of realized, I am a fundamentalist. I kind of thought to myself, okay, if I am to serve a mission, am I going? You know, am I am I able to testify these doctrines? Obviously not, because that'd be against the guidelines. It'd be against this, you know, against the script. So, you you know, I can't. As along with that, I just thought to myself, I can't be a missionary for the LDS Church. Is I wouldn't be able to help myself saying it. Well, Adam, God's a real thing. Right. Something like if someone questioned me about it. Well, and I think that also 
points to your integrity too, right? I mean, you're talking and you're you're talking like you're very mature, um, which is foreign to me because, like I said, even though I was married at eighteen, I was nowhere near where you are. Um, I uh, the fact that you were like, no, I don't want to be duplicitous. If if I'm going to go on a mission for the LDS Church, I have to have to buy that wholeheartedly. So, so the fact you didn't try to be duplicitous about it, I think is, is absolutely awesome. Um, so once, once you decide like emissions out, you're a fundamentalist, that's what you are. Did, do you find yourself getting lonely out, you know, in, in the UK where there's not as many fundamentalists around as, as say in the States? Cause like, I know guys who live in the Midwest, right. And there's not really anyone around them that, you know, they up in Iowa and in Ohio and that area, and there's not a ton of fundamentalists around. And they, they've said that it can be lonely. Do you, is that something that, that you struggle with at all? Yeah. I think you know, in real life, as in, you know, in person, it does get lonely if you're literally the only fundamentalist within your area. There are a few in the UK, but that's, it's like three or four people including me so from, from what i know there's probably there's probably others who are closeted fundamentalists uh you know but uh obviously they're not open understandably so it does so it does get quite lonely but at the same time knowing people within you know in the u.s basically who are and are willing to talk is greatly helps me. People in general are interested sometimes, even if they don't believe the same as I do. They are interested in, you know, these crazy doctrines. Right. So I, I have a nice time explaining, especially Adam God. I'm very passionate about Adam God, as well about Joseph Smith and so on. So as you were... You, you you kind of alluded to something there, and I want to get your opinion. Certainly here in the States, we are seeing more and more people wake up to these old doctrines, right? They're discovering them. We're in an age where there's no more secrets, right? The internet has burst those doors wide open. You know, in the old days, and I say old days, I mean, even like 95 up to 2000, if you wanted, at least in my experience, anything that had fundamentalist doctrine to it, you were going to like anti-Mormon websites, right? And now those doors have been burst open. What do, do you get a feel that there's people in the UK that's waking up to some of these old doctrines now? Yes and no. I think at the moment, the response has been, you know, you know leaving the church or becoming, well, not even leaving, just becoming an active, which just showed a decrease in, you know, church membership in the UK. Uh, so there's that way as well, due to BLM stuff and looking at what Brigham Young said, uh, people are starting to move away. At the same time, there are people awakening to these new doctrines, not, take, not taking the steps necessarily, but believing in them, in their hearts, that they are true and just kind of keeping that a secret or just put, pushing it on under the rug for now. 
Have you met another person there in the UK that's, you know, maybe not a full-fledged fundamentalist yet who, who, you know, you've had talks with that were like, and I'm not looking for names obviously, but yeah, yeah. people that were like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely down with, with Adam God doctrine. Yeah. I've met a few actually. Yeah. And there's nothing else to say about that other than there are people, people who realize you know, people, everyone isn't oblivious to, to these things. It's about what you do with that belief. Some people choose to you know, completely leave the church, despise like Mormonism. Some people decide to push it under, under the rug and ignore, and others decide to believe. Now, what you do with that belief is either push it under the rug again or go, you know, become, study it more, become a fundamentalist. I think the majority of people who believe, who turn out to believe these things tend to push it under the rug and can't just leave it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So kind of doing some mental gymnastics of their own, right? Yeah. I, I believe the Adam God doctrine, but I'm still going to make, make the church work for me, which, which I respect. Look, if that's the path somebody's on, so be it. I'm not here to tell anybody that they can or can't believe something and do something else mm -hmm. at the same time. That's, that's for them to work out with their God. Um, but it, 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 it would be hard, um, but totally possible. So let, let me ask you this. I want to get your experience as a Mormon in the UK. What was that like as you went to high school? And I, I'm guessing there's not a lot of Mormons in your high school, is there? No. no. So what was that so, like? Tell me that experience. So when I was in, so we have like, our system in the UK isn't the same as the US. So you're in secondary school from ages 11 until 16. So you went off 16, getting involved. You know, obviously some people had questions, but obviously it was kind of, kind of my beginning stage. So not, I didn't really touch on it other than, you know, I didn't drink alcohol, didn't, you know, didn't smoke drugs or anything, which I didn't do anyway at the time. Uh, so, so people kind of saw that as like, oh, that's interesting. Going into doing my A levels, going to sixth form, I've had many people question me on various things within Mormonism, such as you know, like, you know, women's rights or uh, you know, priesthood ban, <laughs> polygamy, uh, and you know, be, being just you know, being a standard Mormon, it's kind of you got you got to know everything in, in order to answer all these. You know, questions which I think inevitably would lead you into the deep doctrines anyway. Yeah, so, so, but there's not really much. Oh, go ahead, finish up. I was just going to say, there's not like there isn't anything like discrimination against Mormons in the UK, though. Right. Uh, you know, people, most people are accommodating to Mormons. I think there is a deep. Well, I think there is a respect for Mormons in the UK. Obviously, some people make jokes now and again but that's fine is it everyone makes jokes about each other here dude just, i make fun of mormons all the time i make fun of mormons constantly yeah. i mean look at you know it, it just is what it is so i that's interesting so let, let let's take let's take three of those 
Um, and and just I, I I'm curious how it was you'd answer them. So let's start with the big one, right? Let's start with polygamy. That's usually one that, that gets brought up. How would you answer that, people? So how like now, uh well so now you, or back then, however you would want to answer. Uh, yeah. uh, let's go let's go back then. That's kind of easier. So basically how I'd answer that would be, you know. Whereas once practice, it's been commanded multiple times now and again in the Bible. But, you know, we, we haven't done it since 1890. So, you know, so basically, yeah, we don't do it. If I was going to answer it now, yeah, I'd say it's an everlasting doctrine uh, because John, you know, God said so. Okay. All right. Let's move on to race in the priesthood. How would you answer that when you were a a full fledged LDS member versus now? See, when I was, yeah, so you know, being a full fledged member, uh, you know, how to answer that would be though, this is just stuff at the time. Uh, it's just social norms. Everyone is worse in other states than in Utah. No, that's really like around the argument. It, dep- it depends on the questions that were talked about. But really, you know, cast short answers. Many in reality, they deserve longer, actually. Right. Okay. And then what about the whole women's rights thing? Because that's even huge here in the States. Why can't women yeah. hold priesthood, that sort of thing? Look, it's no secret that our society has become much more crude and coarse. To become and raise men and women of virtue and character is a Herculean task. To help with this, I have recently wrote and published a book. Now, back in the 1700s, Washington had a book called Rules of Civility and Decent Behavior in Company and Conversation. It was a book with 110 rules that talked about how to conduct yourself like a civilized person in society, something that today's society is sorely lacking. What I did is I went back through the book and I reinterpreted his original sayings for the 21st century. So the book is laid out in a way in which you see Washington's original rule. Right below that is my explanation for the 21st century. And below that, you'll find two or three examples of where to use this in the real world. Now, to go along with this, there's a workbook that helps parents teach these principles and practices to their kids. To find the book, go to mormonrenegade.com, go to the bottom of the page, search out the blog post, and order your copy today. I can bear personal testimony from personal experience that this is an invaluable tool to help you raise men and women of virtue and character. So I can't just point about priesthood firstly, you know, you know the Bible. Now, in Mormon fundamentalism, women can hold priesthood in certain areas, but it's not it's not the priesthood. And the Bible and other scriptures are very, very clear on that mm-hmm. uh sorry i thought i cut out for a second i did nope but nope. you're you're okay, good good <laughs> but, uh as well like abortion uh abortion i'll dance that back there's the same as i do now is you know i believe life i've believed it since forever basically of course i've questioned it before but i've come to a conclusion that's the case that life begins at conception in fact being Mormon, we believe that you know, we believe in pre-existence. So, in fact, abortion is probably what is worse than if we if you just believe it. Believe it, life begins at conception. So, 
uh, re- now, I c- if you're in your if you're at EBM, uh, or if you go into the church website, says you know, unless for this and this stuff, abort, you know, never abortion. And I still can't say that as a fundamentalist. Mm-hmm. Like um, yeah. Other stuff with women's rights, there's not like on top of my head. There's not really meant to me. Probably is on fully Mormon. Uh, I don't see many issues. Right. Right. Okay. So you didn't you didn't have like the local feminist chapter of your school beating down your door because you were like, no, no, you, you know. Almost, almost, but <laughs> almost. Always, I just can't. I can't it down. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you you got fired up there a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, you uh, you start talking. Let Let's move forward here a little bit. You start talking to other fundamentalists, and you you start making friends friends in there right you talk to to a bunch of different fundamentalists as you're talking to them and and you're you're starting to believe more and more what are the implications for you as you're thinking about this as you're going through all this you're like okay what does this mean for my life now what did you foresee happening in being a fundamentalist well be honest i kind of just thought to myself yeah, you know, well, I can't. I pray to God and say, you know, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You know, of course, I have a plan in my life, but with this specific path, you know, this religious spiritual path, I let I just left it up to God. You know, whatever happens, I know I know you'll be there for me. If if I'm doing something wrong, you'll pull me away. I'm in total humility, you know, I'm in humility, I'm in total humbleness to you. You know, literally just guide me and I'll follow. Okay. No, I think that's I think again, that's super mature, right? Um I know certainly at 18 I wasn't looking to surrender my will to God. I mean, I was on some things, but not not to the level you're talking about. Which I think is a huge part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is this act of of surrender, right? Whatever it is you want me to do, I'm going to do. When when you were having those thoughts, did anything come to mind as far as what you would be doing? Uh, well, I wasn't thinking about entering plural marriage. That's for sure. Uh, no, no. I mean, yeah, any, no, like, like, I mean, no. no. Like, I was thinking, I think, you know, as I kind of got, as I believe these stuff, believe, believe this stuff, I wanted everyone to know about this, whether they were Mormons or non-Mormons or Christians or non-Christians. Mm-hmm. I wanted everyone to know this truth. I think, like me, so I already did being, you know, being in the LDS church. I, I want everyone to know the truth. I want everyone to know the gospel. And, you know, this is deeper gospel I keep on going back to Adam God. That I, it's a much more. There's much more connection to God. It's not just he's our literal spiritual father. He's our literal father as well. 
and uh, you know, I want everyone to know about that. Uh, so I think straight away, I just thought to myself, I, I want everyone to know about this. So I started to make some sort of plans. You know, what do I do? And so on. Okay. All right. Did Did you think, oh, crap, I'm a fundamentalist. Now I have to move to America. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I think I think at, already at the time I was thinking to myself, if they're building a temple in Independence, I'm moving there straight away. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't a complete foreign idea to me uh so i was already kind of prepared but I, but you know it wasn't i didn't you know i didn't feel necessarily pressured because god wasn't telling me you know i wasn't i wasn't being you know no no one was telling me and god wasn't telling me go like go to utah right or something right you know god you know, God's saying that you, for now you're here, you know, you've got your family here, etc. You've got to finish your education. You know, just, just, you know, basically trust in me. Right. Right. No, I, I, I'm sitting here and I can't help but see the striking parallels between what happened you know, with a lot of early Latter-day Saints who left England for for the American West and and what you must be feeling. I, I'm I'm enthralled because in some ways, Lou, it's like I get to peer back into history at what it must have been like in real life for some of those early saints, right? Um, only we didn't they didn't have the blessings of being able to communicate instantly with uh with people in the United States. United States who were who were seeking to live Mormonism in its fullest like like we do now but still I think I think your story has a fascinating parallel where where we almost get get a glimpse back into to what that was like so as you talk to people now about some of these early doctrines what what are their takes like are are they like well that's fascinating history do they look at it like Greek mythology are are they at all ever convinced of this if they have a Mormon background? What's what's the what's the overwhelming response you get when you start talking about fundamentalist doctrines? So it depends who I talk to. If it's just ordinary Mormons. Yeah, lots of people find it interesting, even if they don't believe it. It's like, oh, this person actually believes Adam God. This person actually believes you know. The endowment should be like the original, so um, uh, you know there isn't any hatred or like you know anything like that. I haven't been met yet with any discrimination. I don't think I will be. Uh, if I'm talking to like a non-Mormon, though, it, the response is usually well, does that well? Where is it in the Bible? Especially mm-hmm. asking God, and that's a fair, that's a fair enough question. And you know, it's kind of well. Where did you get that from? I remember talking to some. You know, I think I was talking to a family member about, uh, you know, Adam God and how we'd like become Adam and Eve. And someone else is like, well, where where does where's that in the Bible? And that's under it's under sounds kind of funny. Uh, and yeah, some people probably look at it as mythology. An, an interest. I had an interesting conversation actually with a friend of mine. And he found Adam God kind of 
similar to the Japanese creation story as well. Which so yeah, some people do view it as mythology. Now you bring it up. So when when they find out you believe it, are they pretty accepting of you still, or do they tend to be like, "Ooh, this guy might be a little, a, a little off center," so to speak. I think it's kind of like yes and no. Uh, I think overwhelmingly people kind of just accept, you know, I'm already, I was already eccentric anyway, somewhat. Uh, like people have thought to me that way. So I think probably their response is like, you know, this is nothing he believes. You know, he'll still hang out with us. Some people have kind of responded like recently. You know, some people have kind of responded, you know, oh, you know, this is apostasy. You know, Brigham Young said it. Uh, you know, he was the prophet of God. Uh, yeah, some people have said, you know, this is the, you know, apostasy. And, but overwhelmingly, it's been, I wouldn't say acceptance, because most people have opposed this belief along with the other fundamentalist doctrines that's what i believe but uh that they've accepted that you know i believe it and it's you know you live and let's live type of philosophy well that's good i mean and and that's really all you can ask right because look i've said this before as mormons especially fundamentalist mormons we believe some crazy crap Right, that if if the spirit yeah. hadn't had testified of, we would have been like, "Whoo, that's out there." Right. Um. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I can. So for them to have that live and let live attitude, I think that's really all you can ask for. A lot of times is just you know, we can still hang out, we can still be friends. We're just not going to hug it out on Sunday, sort of a thing. So, um, what's it been like? Have have you been more public? I mean, even if that's using like a pseudonym or something like that, have you been more more um, public online or anything like that? Kind of. So I I do run a meme. It's very very small meme page, and mostly reposting other memes. I do have a small meme page on uh, Instagram. I, I've become more public in the sense of just telling. You know, if people know me, they'll know kind of like I at least believe in like as in God, plural marriage. Um, yeah, the you know, right. I'm still studying this that Joseph Smith being the Holy Ghost. Like, you know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still exploring. Mm -hmm. I'd say I'm definitely a fundamentalist, but you know, I'm still exploring these doctrines. Something I'm studying more is Joseph Smith being the Holy Ghost. But people, most people who know me well will. No, oh yeah, he's looking into this. Right. What has been the response by people online? Because it's one thing to be, it's one thing to have these conversations in person, right? Because I've always said social mm. media has got to be one of the worst ways to communicate person to person because you can't see, yeah. social, you know, you can't see facial cues and, and body language. Have you encountered a lot of pushback or anything like that from from a lot of folks in in running that page? So, like, yeah, I've, I haven't posted them for months. Um, so, I, 
most of my encounters with stuff online is is actually from my personal account, just with just with friends. I'm grateful for uh, most of them are in, in the LDS church, and you know, I've kind of lumped them in with you know people who I've interacted with because I talk to them quite a bit, and you know the response sometimes the response has been a bit more you know oh you know don't believe that. But you know, people tell. I think with with LDS folk, uh, you know, the mainstream mainstream folk, yeah, they're they're more accepting than people who aren't Mormons. Are being called heretics by like trad cats online, and so on. Like, uh, yeah, being called heretic, you know, heretic, uh. Like, you know, this isn't like posts or anything. This is more like group chat. And I don't mind. Like, you know, I'd rather be right. I'd rather be right and know God than. Wait, no, other way around. I'd, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather be a heretic than not know God. Right. Well, that's a, that's a very mature, mature state. Yeah, you know, I'd rather, yeah. So but at the same time, though. Like, go ahead. Finish that. Yeah, like I actually have an ex-Mormon friend, very rare ex-Mormon, as in she doesn't make a big deal about herself and doesn't hate Mormons. You know, and uh, even though we have disagreements, she still you know, accepts me as a friend, which is nice. At least that's all that's all we can ask for. Yeah, that that really is all you can ask for. So. What, where do you see yourself going with this, right? Because you're you're out there in the UK. You're kind of all alone at the moment. You you do get to talk to some friends who are who are fundamentalists. You named a few of them, uh, Jacob Vadrine, the branch missionaries. You can talk to me anytime. What what? Where do you see yourself going with this? So I'm. Listen, like this is part of my path. I'm still kind of exploring the priest priesthood claims. You know, where do other people align? Uh, I I won't say where I align because I don't want people to associate me with any group, including independents. Uh, but I can't see myself trying. You know, I would, I at least after doing my degree, I would, and getting stuff sorted out at home, I would like one day to gather with the saints. Uh, prep. Preferably in Missouri because that's where Zion's going to be built. But like, you know, I would like you know either that or trying to gather saints in England, right? Somehow, you know, you know that's 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 funny you bring that up because as we've been sitting here talking. I, I've been getting the feeling and and no matter where you end up, whether it's with 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 a group or you're independent, something tells me, Lou, that you you have an important work to do. Now what that all entails, I don't know, but you seem to be a very sober young man, uh, someone who's put thought into this, not just haphazardly jumped on board with it. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think you got some work in front of you to do. Do you have any inclination on what that work may be? You talk about gathering other other 
fundamentalists within within the UK. Is there anything else? So I'm planning on writing books on you know, not not just like covering fundamentalist doctrines. There's plenty of books on that, but maybe writing stuff similar to C.S. Lewis, maybe with a okay. Mormon twist. But we'll see what that comes in future. I'm I'm, I'm writing a few books right now, which I've kind of I'm writing a book with a friend of mine. I won't mention his name in case he doesn't want to get mentioned. But it's about England's place within Mormonism. Mm. So we're co-authoring that actually. Uh, but another thing I'm planning on doing is running a YouTube channel in the future discussing general Mormon, specifically Mormon fundamentalist doctrines. Gotcha. And, me- and messages in general. Uh, in order to help these there's, there's already a presence there's a small presence online of mormon fundamentalism you know, the branch has their own page church of the firstborn work of the father jacob vidrine does a lot on uh discover mormon fundamentalism with jared uh kevin kraut kevin kraut has lots of good videos online mm-hmm. which i which i i've enjoyed watching along with ogden kraut's audiobooks but a lot of them tend to be kind of video essays, which are good. I think that for me, they're good. That that's like my type of content. But I think for other, a lot of people as well want to kind of the basic information first. Right. So thinking of you know five minutes or ten minute or even twenty minute videos instead of forty to one hour long videos. Are you saying I'm long winded? So, Is that what you're getting at? No, no, no. Yo, come well, like, on. A podcast you you expect. A podcast, it's like expected. I'm just playing with you. Yeah, I'm just joking with you. I, 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 know, I know you are. <laughs> it's just sarcasm. I uh, yeah. I think that's great stuff. Because, look, I've talked to another gentleman out of the UK recently. And he said something similar to what you did. Is that there is an undercurrent brewing, right? Um, and we have a chance to catch people before before they fall because with with mormons it's strange now some mormons they become baptists and that's cool whatever they need to do but by and large i think most mormons who leave mormonism end up becoming atheists and so if there's an undercurrent there like and i can't even say it's an undercurrent now in the states it's a full-on wave of people uh, leaving the LDS church, we have a small window of time to to grab those people and say, look, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So you might have a lot of work there in front of you. Um, have have you put any thought into what you want to do to help catch those people as they fall? I think firstly, just, I think video, videos tend to be the main message these days. Obviously, I'm, I'm sorry, but first to read. So I think books as well would help. But videos tend to help people because it's a way to connect to them. It's, it's more it's more personalized as well. Uh, I think as well being I think in future I plan to be way more open and out there within at least British Mormonism to be you know the fundamentalist voice because you know, there's there's good LDS you know, people in the UK who are quite big. Let me ask you this. Where is the LDS church in terms of losing members 
in comparison to like other religions in the UK? Is it about the same? Are we seeing a? Oh no, no. There's way more. Most people, you know, the Church of England's their their version of stakes are. I can't even remember what they're called, but you know, the version their versions of wards are parishes, and they've had to like close loads and loads of them much faster than the LDS Church has it ever done. Okay. Yeah, they've had to close. They they had to get rid of some wards, but they've done that in the past and reinstated wards again in in England. So it's not really like a lot of people talk about the LDS Church kind of like falling, and it has a bit in England within church attendance, but it's not much compared to you know Catholicism, uh, Church of England. Other religions. The only religion that's growing faster is is Islam, I believe, and that's I think that's mainly they, they they do convert a lot of people like we do, but as well they have higher birth rates. Yeah, but yeah, no, other religions are falling in the UK, but compared to more Mormons at least. So Mormonism as a whole is still doing okay in the UK. Yeah, like church attendance has fallen, but compared to other religions, it's doing okay. So what what do you – I want to get your opinion on this. Why do you see the the decline in other denominations so much more drastically than you do in the LDS church? I think firstly, wherever you think of the LDS church, you know, we are – the main – the main thing is we are inspired by God, right? There's, you know, we're guided by God in some sort of degree. Whatever you think about church leadership, I think that's in the whole of the debate. But, but I think as well, we practice what we preach. We're family-centered. We're, we're Christ-centered. Mormons, like, I'm not just talking about the LDS church. I'm talking about Mormons in general, uh, including us fundamentalists, you know. And as well, we offer something alternative. We offer truth. Uh, even though fundamentalists and mainstreamers, we do have our differences. Around 95% of what we believe is the same thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's something I want to point out as well. So, yeah, so we do, we offer something different. We're not alien to Christianity because we are Christians. But we offer more connection. You know, literally, the, one of the messages of Mormonism is, you know, what Joseph Smith said. I, you know, I want. I asked God the question. He literally appeared to me. You could probably, you could do the same thing. This might happen to you, or another experience for you. And I think people try who are actively seeking God are attracted to that. Yeah, I I think you're right. I it, as I've looked at it, and certainly what attracted me to Mormonism was this idea of you can commune with God. And as you read Joseph Smith, you get the very real sense that this is a guy who said, "Look, I had my encounter with God, and you can too if you live certain principles." And so I think that that has a way of of keeping people there. I guess. I guess the thing I'm most concerned about uh, for the LDS church this time is they seem to be going in a direction of, of more Protestantism. And and I'm worried that in so doing that, they're going to lose that, that stuff that was uniquely Mormon that kept people tied to the religion. Um, 
so but but that's that's fascinating that that the only thing growing faster than mormonism you said is is islam at the moment well, that's that's from what i see yeah i think touching on the culture of protestantism that's the way the rlds church or community of christ went and many of the offshoots of the lds church such as you know the Rigdonites, the whitmerites they all went towards a protestant direction and i think because we, I will be honest, we are traumatized of Protestants massacring us. Basically, back in you know, back in Joseph Smith's day, but I think as well more recently we get Bible bashed quite a bit, and we can we can defend our doctrine of the Bible because it is biblical, but is but because of the way you know, evangelical, not all, but a lot of these even anti Mormon evangelicals go about it they have a method i don't know if you know this they have a method of just popping up bible verses straight away mm -hmm. and don't allow people to answer in order to get their point across and understandably just people living their faith who are not apologists or do not study that our doctrine fully if they just get presented with this straight away you know they're you know, it, quite rightly you know they are kind of traumatized by it or if they're told like god make the stuff which you know i think they try you know they claim like we're new age movement or they, they claim those are things in that documentary which are simply not true but if you're just told this you know i think being a bit traumatized by that we are going towards that direction of trying to become more relatable to protestants and other Nicene Creed, you know, Creed Christians. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think, I think the thing to do is to stay with what we were taught, right? There's a reason it's worked, right? Let's not let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here. That's what's made Mormonism successful, and in getting rid of those, I, I I fear that the outcomes will be the same as other Protestant churches, right? I mean, look. There were certain things about being a Mormon that, for lack of a better term, I just found straight up gangster, right? I mean, you're telling me that you're going to follow this guy and you're going to wander out into the middle of the desert in the American West and then carve out an entire civilization? Yeah, that you're expected to do something within Mormonism, right? It's not enough to go hang out on Sunday, throw a few bucks in the collection plate and call her a day. And I'm not trying to bash on evangelicals or anybody else, but I'm just saying – it's a different breed of belief within Mormonism. You're you're on the hook to do something. And if that goes by the wayside, I fear that that so will will membership. And, and that's where I think guys like you are going to have a very uh, important job, because, look, I, I always speak from the heart. I always try to be authentic. Um, but the chances of some American being able to reach somebody with a different view on life and and what it means to be british and, and that sort of things so those are things i can't speak to you can and i think you're going to be uniquely positioned here in the future to to do something there to help save save some of those people coming out hopefully yeah i think i think as well like i'm, I'm half irish and quarter polish from, from my knowledge so I think I could even, I think some people have commented about membership not being great in Poland. 
so maybe I could help there even possibly. This is just a random thought I've just had. Sure. Sure. So real quick for so so you said you're writing a book about fundamentalism. Are you writing anything else at the moment? Uh more it's more like plans I'm doing. I've got like Okay. I got like ten book plans. Some I think I've written down. Yeah, just gen just just mind mapping ideas. Whew. I I I have nothing to do until the last week of September. I I've got time. Boy, I guess, man, you're you're a better man than I w- I was at eighteen. That's for sure. Writing a book was the farthest thing from my mind when I was eighteen. That you're 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 darned impressive, Lou. You really are. Um, how, how, have you talked to your parents about you being a fundamentalist at all? I haven't become that old, but like, I've kind of just basically said I was in the sense of, I'll allude to it. And it's kind of obvious that I have no need for me to say it. And yeah, I am, I am open with my beliefs, you know, especially as I'm God, I'm very, very open with. What's your parents' response been to this change as you've went from, you know, being a strange kid joining the strange Mormon religion to now going to an even even stranger faction of that strange American religion? Well, so I haven't talked to my mother much, my mom much about it. Uh, I think, like I say, my parents accept me for who I am, basically. I haven't joined a cult. Uh, I haven't endangered my life. So, and I'm not. They're not. No one's trying to separate me from my family. So they're fine. Obviously, I've met some questions about certain things, but it's not being bad. Uh, yeah, it's not being bad. But for other people, by the way, for other people, there are many other people who have gone through a lot more than I have for their fundamentalist beliefs. You know. Either, you know, with their parents or with friends, family, even wives. Rudon Allred, Rudon C. Allred, you know, his wife basically left him because he went to, you know, practice the principle. Same thing happened to Ogden Kraut. So, you know, many people have suffered much more than I have with family members or, per, you know, very, you know, friends, etc., or jobs, even. There's many fundamentalists have lost their jobs in the past for being fundamentalists something i haven't had to deal with luckily right well and and here's the thing i i know it must seem counterintuitive but even here in the states right if you come out as a fundamentalist there are certain stigma that are attached to that and there's also a price to be paid for being that open now I will say this. I don't think there's been an easier time in history to be a Mormon fundamentalist than today within the United States. I can only speak from my experience over here, but it's still scary. It's still you 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 do run the risks of of being ostracized a little bit or losing jobs or any of those other things. But I still don't think that's reason to be bashful about it anymore. I think now, as we have all sorts of alternative lifestyles out there, ours might be the tamest now, right? Um, yeah. So, so we 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 definitely have that opportunity, and I think we have to, as as Mormon fundamentalists, we have to be willing to step up and 
and embrace that now. I'm 100%, yeah. Uh, what, what I was going to say now... Uh... Sorry, I forgot. I had a really good point, and literally just in one second forgot, forgot that, to. That's all right. I mean, even the plural marriage thing, right? I know even here within Utah, it's way more palatable if you're a refugee from an African country and you're you're a practitioner of Islam. If you have more than one wife, people are like, well, that's just what they do. But if you're a Mormon fundamentalist, people tend to be a little more reserved on that. Um, and uh, I think that's something we have to we have to work past as a people. Yeah, exactly. I think I was going to say I remembered now. But firstly, I agree with that point. Secondly, I think my I think event the reason why I think I've come quite easily into you know this is the way it is. Or it's not to say I don't care. It's more of the the belief that what a, you know, total faith in God is my I remember before I became Mormon, even I read the entire entirety of Revelation and learning about the mark of the beast. And I thought, you know, I said to myself, basically, no matter what, I'm not going to take that mark. This was at the same time as they were pushing the vaccine stuff. Now, I don't believe the mark of the beast. What is is the COVID vaccine? It quite is established as it's not. But you know, there's. But you know, people talk talk about like microchips at the time, and I basically said to myself, you know, fifteen, sixteen year old me, you know, if they try and push this on me, I'm not going to do it. Mm. If they, you know, if I'm like pushed out of the cities and like have to be forced to you know, live in nowhere, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, this, you know because you know, at, at the end of the day, God's on my side. If I do what He says, so. You know, going to Mormonism, going to fund Mormon fundamentalism, has just built that even stronger. So when I accepted Mormon, you know, Mormonism as a whole, the fullness, I think it was. E I think it was a. It was kind of. I wouldn't say easy, but it wasn't that difficult to kind of just say, okay. I, I you know, I trust you, God. You know, I put you know, this is in your hands. So I knew at the end of the day, He's going to guide me. If I'm doing something wrong, he's very well going to say, you know, go away, get away from this. If I'm doing something right, he'll let me do that. No, I do that. That's gut check time, especially for a young man. And again, my I was nowhere near your level when I was 18. I was. Yeah, man, that's that's impressive doing doing those kind of thought exercises where you say, OK, if I don't do this, what is the what is the repercussions and for you to have that thought exercise that's 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 really awesome so but dude i what's what's the name of your meme page so we can direct people there i think i've been on it so long i can't remember it's like lauren willy like ghost of lauren willy i think it's called okay all right we'll put that in the show notes because if there's someone in england someone in the uk that wants to get a hold of you. Is that a good place to get a hold of you through? Sure, yeah. I think as well, in general, for people like other fundamentalists, yeah, really good. Dave, David right here, very good. Just anyone I mentioned is really good to get in contact with. If you want, yeah, if you want to get, get in contact with me, visit the meme page. I don't, I'm not, I don't actively post on them much. I probably will in the future. 
but if you give you know, give me a message, I can reply. Now, you also were trying to get like a a uh, like a, a messenger study group going too, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get a study group in England going. Uh, because like we we already kind of have one. Uh, in like a small group chat, but my idea is in future, maybe trying to have like in person study groups. It's just an idea of mine. No, I think that would be fantastic. I, I think that would be awesome. And and look, I'm sure your experience will be similar to mine as you, as you continue to do this. Whereas at first, people are going to be really shy, but as they get to know you and think and and realize, oh, he, he's normal. I mean, he believes some strange stuff, but he's normal for the most part. Those barriers will start to come down. And as they do, um, I think you're going to have your work cut out for you, Lou. I, I think, I honestly think, and this is, again, I'm not a prophet. I'm not anybody's priest or rabbi or bishop or any of those other things. But I think there's another wave of saints coming out of, of the UK again at some point and to 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 help do all those things that have been prophesied in the last days and so i th i think you got a tremendous work in front of you i really do i'm i'm impressed with you i think you you are definitely on the right track thank you yeah there's you know fundamentals i've spoken to in the uk i've cast said you know not only about the thing about there's a whole sense that there may be a mass exodus from the church at some point but as well specifically there's a gathering in England again it's a general feeling no one's claiming to be a prophet here or anything but you know, people have a sense of you know this this is coming this is a, a repeat of history or or rhyming of history there's going there's going to be the saints in England and we have to be there to help them yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, dude, this was awesome. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I know now it's like 3.30 in the morning. So Probably, yeah. thanks th thanks for uh, skipping out on some of your sleep. I mean, that I feel bad you had to do it, but I can't tell you how, appreciate, how, how much I appreciate you having you on. Um, so, yeah, man, good stuff. Uh, I'm glad to be on uh, as well. I had some sleep before, and I wake up at like 9 p.m., so. I'm just um, going to say, I'm... as you get older, that's going to be tougher. You need to know that, right? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know that, yeah. So, right now yeah, you're well, young and you can shake it off, but that, 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 that takes some stuff out of you, so. Yeah, I think my dad just went, went into bed right now. He has work. <laughs> oh right! <laughs> you could impress him. You could just walk out and be all dressed up and be like, "Wait, you're just getting up now?" So <laughs> awesome, Lou. Let's do it again, brother. Yeah, of course. I'd love to come back on. All right, good deal. Let's keep in touch. Absolutely. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.
You're listening to the Mormon Renegade Podcast.